We have been studying uh, in our series on Sunday night the character of God. And as we've talked about the character of God, we've talked about uh, his omniscient, uh, meaning that he's all-knowing. We've talked about in that process of God's all-knowing, he knows everything about us. He knows everything that's going to happen. Um, And it's hard for us in our minds, our finite minds, to be able to process that type of thinking. Um, That's why God is who he is. That's why he's the supreme being. Uh, There's nothing else like him or no one, uh, if you will. We've looked at him being omnipotent, uh, meaning that he's all-powerful. So we've got God that is uh, knows all things. Then we've got God who is all-powerful, meaning that he has all power. And when we say all-powerful, we mean that's where Uh, That is where his power to be had, God has it to its fullest extent. Um, So we've talked about those things in the last few lessons and how that power of God is unlimited. Um, While he is all-powerful, he controls that power. Um, We've looked at how some try to contradict who God is with different passages in the Bible and those types of things as well. And we've also mentioned that omnipotent. And because God is omnipotent, we can take confidence this very hour tonight that we can have Faith. Faith is that substance that we talk about in Hebrews. Things that are hoped for, things that are not seen. Having faith in God. We can have faith in what He has told us. We can have faith in what he has promised us. We can have faith and believe concerning the lesson we had this morning in John chapter 3. That man, when Nicodemus came to speak to God or to Christ, Christ told him, Except a man be born again, born of the water and of the Spirit, he shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. We can have confidence that there is a heaven, and we can have confidence that if we're not born again through the the blood of Christ, the watery grave of baptism we often refer to, when you think about the grave, well, when we think about a grave, we think about someone dying, didn't we? we think about something dying well that's right when we go into that watery grave of baptism we're baptized for the remission of our sins we are dead to the old man 
all the things that we've said and done, the old way of living, the old way of thinking, all of that is done away with. It is buried, if you will, in that, <clears throat> that grave. But because of God's omnipotent power and character, we can have faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Because of God's omnipotency and we can have faith, we can take confidence in these types of passages. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, says to us, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not uh, suffer you to be tempted above what you are able. But with, will, uh, with temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to, to bear it. We can have confidence in that passage. We can have confidence in that way of thinking that because of God knowing all things and because of God's power, we can know that there's no temptation that we come across, that there's, no way, that there's a way for escape. But as I've said many times, is we sometimes fail not to look for that escape, don't we? Because we want to fulfill those fleshly desires that we so strongly deal with in our own lives. Because of his omnipotent power in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, we can have confidence when Peter writes there, casting all your cares upon him. And so many others as well. But think about that. Because of God's power, we can have that assurance. As we talked about this morning in our lesson, we, and we began the lesson in the introduction part with, we can have peace with our past. We can have peace with our present and we can have peace with the future. Why? Because God is all-powerful. All things lie in the hands of God. God knows everything that I have said and done in my life. Most certainly, if he knows the hair that is on my head, the number... Now, some of us, Ralph, it ain't very hard to keep up with, is it? Some of you folks ain't got no hair. But now, some of you got a lot of hair, it might be a little, a little harder to keep up with. But it's certainly if he knows how many hairs are upon my head, he knows all those other things. 
God's all-powerful. And we can have confidence in him. And we can have peace with those areas of our life. Tonight, if you don't have peace with your past, you're in a struggling boat. You're in a boat or a, uh, without any oars. You're in, a, you're in a, a work, as my grandmother used to say. Why are you in such a work? Because our past can haunt us if we let it. But when we talk about what we did this morning, that blessed is the man who is covered by the blood of Christ. And that word blessed meaning happy. Sometimes our past keeps us going or keeps us not happy. If we dwell upon those things. But we can have assurance tonight and have faith because of the power of God and what He's provided for you and for me. This morning we talked about that new birth. I asked the question at the very end Do you need that new birth? Have you been baptized in the blood of Christ? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? That conversation that we talked about this morning with Jesus and Nicodemus, he says again, except a man be born again or baptized, he shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Mark 16 and 16, you know it. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And it's because of the power of God and his word that we have those promises. And why people reject them it is really beyond me. <clears throat> you know, I often thought about when we're sick. We talk about a lot of sick folks tonight. When you're sick and you're truly sick, especially with a stomach bug or whatever the case may be, if someone says to you, won't you try this to see if this helps? You know what the answer normally is? Okay, <laughs> give it to me. You know, in our home, we have a medicine cabinet. Everybody got those, right? You got a cabinet that's designated for medicine. And in that cabinet, there's probably enough medicine to cure many diseases because you've collected them, what, over the years. They may be 20 years old, but our way of thinking, hey, they still got a little bit of power in them. They may, you know, sometimes you wonder, I see the ex-pharmacist looking at me like, uh-uh, don't be doing that. But we got, we got power, we got uh, medicine in there that, that, that we've had for probably 10 years, and we still take it because we want to get better. It's just like today with my wife. I said, hey, I found these in the, <laughs> in the cabinet. Ain't but two left. Would you want some? She said, sure. So, hey, I was poking them down there. Let's go. Uh, and, what, and I say that to say this. If Christ and God can promise you peace tonight with your life, your past, your present, and your future, why would you not take it? Why would you not do it? Why would you not say, yes, 
I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins so that I can go to heaven. Why would you not do that? Well, there's a lot of reasons we could discuss tonight. The world and other things that pull us. But God is all-powerful. The next thought I want us to look at concerning God's power is we know, <clears throat> we can know that he is in control of this world. Now, we'll go back to our scripture reading just in a moment. But in Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 6, because of God's power, well, I can have faith. I can have assurance to know that I'm going to heaven. With all the turmoil that we see in the world today, we can know that He, God, is in control of this world. No matter... What man does, the most powerful man in Russia, China, United States, wherever, no matter what man does, he cannot, listen to this, he cannot defeat God or God's will. He can't do it. The biggest bomb cannot defeat God. God's will of what God wants to happen. God has all power. Hebrews 13 and verse 6, because of his power, because of the love and, and, and the grace and his mercy and because of his son, verse 6 reads, and the Bible says to us, so what? so that we may boldly or with good courage we can say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Now that's good stuff right there. That I can boldly so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And because of the power of God, he is in control of this world. No matter what man does, he can't defeat God's will. Uh, I don't need to fear what he says or what man does. Now you turn back to the book of Romans is where our text was brought from tonight. Notice. In that text, in Romans 8, notice the wording. In Romans 8 and 31 through 38, or 39 rather. What shall we say then? Or what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on my side, who can be against us? If God's on my side, why worry about what's going to happen in the world? 
Because Paul said what? To die is to what? Gain. To live is Christ. You see, our mentality needs to be that while I'm living, I'm doing everything I can to bring the glory to God and to Christ and to the Word of God and to the cause of God in Christ. If I should die, I've gained everything. Only if I'm right with God. But notice that. God be for us, who can be against us? He that, he that spared not his own son, the one who gave his own son, John 3, 16, the way we know so ably well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that through him that people might believe, not, be, not perish, but they what? Should have everlasting life. but delivered him up for us all. Now notice that. Delivered him up for us all. Now when I say all, and God says all, what does it mean? It means everybody, doesn't it? For all of mankind. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He has the power. To give us those things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it he that condemneth? It is Christ, Christ Jesus that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Because of the power of God, Christ is sitting or at the right hand of his Father, Interceding for us. And then it goes on and describes those things that could make us concerned or could make us to worry about the control God has. You think about that as we read this. What about, you say it this way maybe, things that make me worry. What are things that make might separate me from the love of God or love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, wars. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We're set up as Christians, those who, that, who live godly will what? Suffer persecution. If you're doing what's right, you're going to suffer. You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be excluded. All of those things. But notice what he says in verse 37. Nay, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul writes, he says, For I am persuaded, I know without a shadow of a doubt, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, principalities, or powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of the power of God, 
those things will not separate us. Now we can choose to separate ourselves, what? From God. You see, that's the, that's the dividing point here. We've talked about God's in control. God has all this power. He can save you only if you let him save you. He can take you to heaven when this life is o'er, all, over only if you let him take you there. He's not going to force you. He could if he wanted to. That's not the character of God, is it? He created us as free moral agents to make our own decisions. You choose what you love the most while we're down here. <clears throat> if you love this world the most and you live as of the world, guess what? The worldly things and God don't go together. Not these worldly things that we know down here of sin and all the things that we see, they don't go together. But we know he's in control. Because of that, we can have faith. Because of his power, we can put our trust in him that he can answer our prayers. You know, one of the most powerful things that we have as Christians is the avenue of prayer. Do you realize that? I hope you did. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 speaks to us with that. Prayer is one of our most powerful weapons. I hope you use prayer. I hope that you talk to God on a regular basis. I hope that you do not pray to God and go to God only when things are bad. Most certainly we need to go to God when things are difficult. Most certainly. Because he promises to help us, doesn't he? But you know, we don't need to go to God only in those bad times. We need to go to him in the good times. Brandon prayed a while ago for our spiritual blessings. Most of all, we thank you for those. All the rest of it is just added, isn't it? All the rest of it is just a bonus, if you will. But in there in 1 John chapter 5 and 14 and 15, and this is the confidence. Again, there's that word, boldness. Because of the power of God, this is the boldness and the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It goes back to that faith because of the power of God. Do you have faith in God tonight that he can do anything that he wants to do? That's where you've got to be. And notice there the key is that he wants to do or he sees fit to do. That's why when we pray that we say, if it's your will. In our lives, we need to be careful with that, don't we, in our prayers. Often we get to praying and we pray and we want things our way. God, this is how I want it to work out. 
I want this to happen this way. And we need to be careful with that. We need to say, Lord, we pray that your will be done. What's best for me or what's best for me and my family? This is, what, this is how I want you to answer this prayer, this thing that I, that I need. And when he doesn't answer it the way we do, we need to have confidence and faith that that's not what he, that's what he desired for us. You know, I've been struggling with a decision in my life for some months now. And it's concerning education and, and those things, some things that I'm trying to do and differently. And two, two different uh, programs have presented themselves um, in that decision process. Do I go here or do I go there? Well, I went here, then I said, no, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to go back over here. Then I said, well, no, I ain't going to go over here. I'm going to go back over here now. I've been back and forth between the two. Now it's narrowed down through prayer that if I'm selected for this one, it's God's will. If I'm not selected, one had, one's a selection and one's on my own. If I'm not selected, that's God's plan for me to go and do what I'm supposed to do over here. You see, that's how we have to look at things in our life. We've got to process them out. And let God have his way. And quit trying to make it our way. We can put our trust that he will answer our prayers. Because of the power of God, we have just a couple more. We can know, we can know that he can and will raise us up. <clears throat> you go to the book of 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Notice what it says to us. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise us, raise up us by his own power. God can raise us up. Our bodies are the members of Christ. You know, God's going to raise us up in many ways. He says, the man who here on this world that humbles himself, God will raise you up. The man who dies in Christ. Blessed are they who die in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4 tells me, as Paul's writing to those brethren there, that the dead in Christ will what? Rise first. God has the power. He can raise you up while you're here. He can raise you up. He will raise you up when you die one way or the other. I've always said, that's the day I want to be first. The dead in Christ shall rise first. You see, a lot of people think just everybody's going to come up and, and meet Christ in the air. Well, they, they will, but he says the, the graves are going to open, but the dead in Christ are going to come first. That's one day again I want to be first. Because of his power, lastly, we need to respect him. 
because of that power. The book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 20 and 21 says that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power, to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. We need to respect that power. Folks, we're not dealing, as some people grossly say sometimes, the man upstairs. We're just not dealing with a so elementary term. I know we say it sometimes in, in a jokingly way. But we're not, me, we're not just dealing with the man upstairs. We're dealing with God. The all-powerful God that has all power in heaven and in earth. We're not dealing with some flawed or some limited source. We are addressing our creator, our judge. And we're addressing the Lord most high. Psalm 47 and verse 2. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The Psalms 47 and 2. The Lord is most high. But for our God, with that reverence, with godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire, Hebrews 12 and 28 and 29. As we consider who he is, may we be humbled in our demeanor and may we learn to give him reverence that he deserves. Don't treat him or his word lightly. Don't trivialize God's name. Tonight as we close this lesson, what does God mean to you? Think about that. What does God mean to you? Next week, I hope that we, Lord's willing, that we will study the glory of God. But what does God mean to you tonight? Do you believe that he is the one that will be your judge? And that his words that he has had penned by man, guided by the Holy Spirit, the inerrant word of God, do you believe that this will judge you in the last day? John 12, 48 says that. Said that the words of this Bible will judge you. If it says in this Bible you're to be baptized, guess what? You need to be baptized. If it says you need to be faithful, guess what? You need to be faithful. You see, we're getting into the time of the season that's, that's fixing to be real pretty again. 
everybody's going to be going and doing all their stuff. And they'll soon forget what God has done for them. It's kind of like in seasonal Christianity. It's kind of like when it's cold and most of the time people will be at church. But when it gets pretty, guess what? Man, they want to be on the water. They want to be in a campground. Now, camping's all right. It ain't for me. It's too much work. You have to go set up all that. When I get ready to go to bed at home, I just go in there and fall into bed. But we forget sometimes because of that. The power of God. He has the power. There's power in the blood. God set it up just like that. Be baptized tonight for the remission of your sins. Add it to the church as they did in Acts 2, verse 47. Become a Christian. Live faithful. So that one day when this life is over, you can go to heaven. Tonight, whatever your need may be, please come. Together we stand and as we sing.